quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. When our kids are born, we have expectations as to how our family will interact. What we certainly aren't ready for are the struggles we encounter with the people we love the most. We are here for the parent who feels like they've tried it all, for the parent who feels like they have to yell to be heard, for the parent who is tired of timeouts and kids fighting all day. We are here for you. We believe when parents feel supported and heard, they are able to come to parenting more centered. We offer tools to navigate the messiness of life with kids. We are Peace in Parenting. Hey guys, we're back for another episode of the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Gemma and I'm here with Michelle. Hi Gemma, how are you today? What's going well? What's going well? Hmm, we are in Oregon. So last night we had a huge thunderstorm and it rained all night and the smoke has cleared and we went on a walk this morning. It was amazing. Oh, good for you guys. It's been nutty up there. What's going well for you? I got up at six o'clock this morning and I drove to the inner city LA and I volunteered feeding over, I think, 400 families. And it just felt really good to give back some. And I'm hoping to partner with a preschool nearby and um, really kind of bring some peaceful parenting practice into communities that otherwise probably don't have access to it. So I'm pretty excited about that. I love that you do that. I'm excited. All right. We are talking about spanking today and it can be a very touchy subject for some people and um, actually for all of us, it's touchy for me, I know. But we really wanted to talk about this because spanking is a thing in our country, actually in our world, and it's worth discussing. So Gemma and I felt strongly about kind of just bringing it to light. Mm-hmm. You want to start, Gemma? I don't know. My heart is already fluttering. I'm so scared to offend, but... I think because I was raised being spanked, I come with my own personal stuff around spanking, you know, and for me, the choice not to spank came from that background and like, this is how spanking made me feel. I don't want my kids to feel that way. Yeah, I wasn't spanked. Mm -hmm. I was otherwise yelled at and shamed and belittled and whatever, but I wasn't spanked. And I think I wasn't spanked because my dad was beat pretty badly. And he, um, I think it took its real toll on him. And so he didn't want to spank us. Yeah. I was even reading the American pediatrics. Yeah. American Academy of Pediatrics. They recommend no forms of physical punishment at all. So it's, I mean, there's proven to be true effects on kids that last all the way through adulthood. Yeah, they say it causes more aggression and more depression and more anger. And although it may 
actually curtail the behavior in the moment. It may get your child to stop being unkind to their brother or sister or to obey your directions. It has very long lasting effects, so much so that it changes the amygdala, which is the alert center of your brain. And they did these scans in one study and they scanned the amygdala of children that were spanked once a month. And the amygdala was enlarged. It was much larger than children who were not spanked. And the amygdala is your alarm center. So if your amygdala is larger, then you're going through life with an alarm bell going off so that things that happen to you create more alarm in your body, more fight, flight, or freeze. And you get to fight, flight, or freeze and alarm quicker. So when we hit our child and we want to curtail this behavior, we're actually creating more angst and alarm and stress in their body overall and over time, which I didn't even know that. Yeah. And now I'm even right now, I'm wondering if that's why my anxiety is the way it is, because everything makes me like panic and my heart starts going and I'm like, why can't I calm down? (laughs) It's not your fault, Gemma. It's not your fault. It's not any of our fault. And I wonder if the amygdala also enlarges and I'd have to look at this study now that I'm thinking about it, if you're yelled at or if you're shamed. Or if you're belittled, I wonder if that just creates more alarm in your body no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so does the definitely the corporal punishment does. When you say corporal punishment, what are you referring to? The spanking? Yeah, spanking. And I think the other thing, too, is that we believe that we are going to get rid of the behavior when we spank our child. And they say, you know, therapists and psychologists and the American Pediatrics Academy also says that's not the case, that we cannot change behaviors with physical harm. Physical harm, sure, will change the behavior in the moment, but the child will likely keep returning to that behavior. That's why we keep having to spank them. And then that spanking becomes increased. So the kid who's unkind to their brother, you spank them, they stop, but then they do it again. So then you feel like, oh, I'm going to spank them two times. And then they do it again. Now you're going to spank them harder. And then I'm going to do it again. And now I'm like really hurting this child. And my anger and my upset and my punishment becomes stronger and harder because I feel like that's what I have to do to get my kid to cooperate. And then this poor child is suffering physically because it's not working. And more it's emotionally too, because you're breaking that connection. For me, when I would be spanked in a moment of anger, I would be like, wait, why are you hurting me? Well, yeah, because this is the person who's supposedly on our side, right? Mm -hmm. And what is a child thinking? I keep thinking this too. And I used to think this about time out after I stopped using it. What is my child thinking while they're being spanked? Mm -hmm. Are they thinking, oh, I really should be kinder to my brother or sister? I don't know if that's what they're thinking. I think they're thinking, why is this big person with so much power and control? Why are they hurting me and hitting me? Right. I kind of journaled about it just to see like what it brought up for me. So being spanked left me with a fear of getting in trouble. Like I didn't really feel safe. I was always on guard. Like if I do that, am I going to get in trouble for that? Mm -hmm. I think it made me a lot more introverted because I just kind of preferred to be alone and sit in my room because I didn't want to take that risk. Like interacting with family members because I was scared. So insightful. I had a fear of making mistakes and getting in trouble when I accidentally did something wrong. Mm -hmm. I felt misunderstood. I felt naughty. I felt 
unworthy of my parents' love at times. Mm -hmm. I felt lonely. I felt angry. And then I felt really conflicted because I loved my parents so much. So why do they act that way? Because sometimes they're so warm and comforting. Sometimes they're so cold and angry. Like what is the disconnect there? And sometimes they're so proud of me and sometimes ashamed of me. And so this is just conditional love, right? They loved you when you're good. And they tended not to show you love when they when you were being, quote unquote, bad. And so it was like you never knew what you're going to get. But in my mind now as an adult, I'm like, I know that wasn't intentional. It's just passed down like and that's discipline. But it made me really confused about who I was as a person. Like, am I good or bad? What I don't know what I am. I know. It's really hard. And I'm sure your parents, they thought, and many people who spank think, I'm just trying to teach my kid right from wrong. Right. And that's the way you do it because that's the way it's done. But it just, you know, we can question that. We don't have to take that as face value anymore. We don't have to say like, that's okay. I found some um, statistics that I thought were interesting. And they say two thirds of Americans approve of parents spanking their children. So only a third of people don't approve. And then there's a UN committee on the rights of the child And they issued a directive in 2016 calling physical punishment legalized violence against children that should be eliminated in all settings through legislative administration, social and educational resources. And that treaty was established a committee that has been supported by 192 countries and only the U.S. and Somalia failed to sign it. Hmm, That's interesting. Yeah, we're really behind the curve. Yeah. When it comes to corporal punishment and that the rest of the world has really said, like, we're not going to stand for this. It should be illegal, but it's still legal to hit your kids here in the U.S. It kind of makes sense for the U.S. because we're so about instant gratification and like you do that. You're going to get this punishment. We're moving on. I'm not going to sit here and listen to the tantrum and go through your feelings and model how to really behave. You know, like it's a lot. Yeah. And that's what one of the articles from Psychology Today said, that that's exactly what you have to do, is that you have to sit through tantrums. You have to sit through upsets. You cannot spank them away. And that the best way to get your kids to trust you and to make things, quote unquote, better is to listen to tantrums and is to be there for your kids when they're having a hard time as opposed to spanking them. Mm -hmm. If you communicate and you model it, it's so much more effective. And ultimately, you're teaching your child because you're modeling. Mm -hmm. If you think someone's done something wrong, you should hit them. And so if then if you're punishing your child for hitting their brother or sister, how can you morally do that? Right. The other thing I um, read was that during those brain scans, the one study that scanned brains of children that were spanked often, that those scans also showed that there were reductions in the areas of the brain that is responsible for empathy, self-regulation, and the ability to pay attention. So not only is the amygdala growing and taking up more space in your head, so obviously you're going to be have a heightened alert system, the places where it need to grow really is where the empathy and the self-regulation and the ability to pay attention were shrinking. So it makes sense too why some children might develop ADD or ADHD. And maybe this could also be correlated with yelling and shaming and punishing in general. And there's not a lot of studies on punishment in general, but I would say if I were a betting person that those parts of the brain would shrink for kids who are also just regular old punished, let alone hit. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's true, but it would seem to make sense. Yeah, that does make sense. And I think it's important to know that there is another way. And the other way is to model right from wrong 
and that our child will learn right from wrong really right from the get-go. They say as soon as 18 months, but if your child does something wrong, it doesn't mean it's because they don't know better. And I think that's where the breakdown is. We really believe that our child doesn't know any better and that's why they're hitting their brother. Mm-hmm. Our child actually does likely know better and they're just not doing well. They're not connected. Their prefrontal cortex isn't engaged. They can't think. And if we're spanking them, then there's even a bigger reason why they can't think. So we have to flip that thinking in this society. It's so desperately needed, this flipping of the thinking around behavior, that behavior is an indicator of what kind of child we have. We have a bad child or an unruly child or a child doesn't know any better and we have to punish or spank them into learning. And that's just, it doesn't have to be like that. It just doesn't. And I think just as parents, we all need more support in parenting to be able to come with the patients to do it the right way. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, is that it's super counterintuitive because it goes against everything society says. And so it really checks us. I have so many clients who are like, wait, I know, I get it, I understand, but I just, I I can't get there because I am so conflicted with my own background and with what society says. And so it's very difficult to go against the grain like that. And then if we're tired and we've got multiple children and we're all home in a pandemic and Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, we're working or who knows knows what it's really hard to do all this counterintuitive deep work it just really is and you get desperate and it's kind of your last resort like how do I just make it stop yeah we were in Idaho uh, this summer and we were at the airport and this woman had her he couldn't have been more than four four four-year-old son by the wrist really hard and the girls and I were behind and she said, if you do whatever, whatever, one more time, I'm going to spank you. And she just stood there in the middle of the airport and spanked her kid. And my girls just, Pia started crying. <laughs> she was like, mom, why would she do that? Why did she do that? And I was like, she just doesn't, she's frustrated and she doesn't know and she doesn't mean to. She's just having a really hard time too. And I think you're exactly right. That's what happens. We get to this place where it's really hard and we break. And some of us go to yelling. Listen, I was a yeller. It's no better. I'm just saying it is no better. It really isn't. And that was my go-to. And just because I didn't hit doesn't mean I didn't do my damage to my children. And we all just get to a place where, where we break. And I think it's important to know like that's okay. We can break and we can do it again differently. For somewhere like the airport too, she probably felt a lot of pressure, like the people around her watching, like wanting her to be in control of this child. And I think if we all had more grace for each other, like he's not bugging us, let him be like, he can scream, who cares? You know, like I think then it could stop, but everybody has to change. And I don't know if everybody can. Yes, they can. (laughs) Yeah, everybody can. We're going to get him too. (laughs) I just think kindness among parents would help the whole situation. Everybody needs to be kind, right? To everybody. Mm -hmm. Is it so hard? Is it really so hard? It seems that way. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know know either. But when when you think about it in its very simple form, like, just be kind. Mm -hmm. It's like so revolutionary. But yes, but to everyone all the time. Yeah. I think... The other thing that struck me is that I know my dad didn't feel his dad was safe because he was hit. And I really want to be the safe place for my kids. And that's why I don't 
I try not to do anything that would, you know, damage the relationship. I certainly try not to punish Mm -hmm. and that I want them to be able to tell me everything. And, you know, I can tell you right now, having an almost 15 year old that when you're safe, it's like a whole new world. Esme has a room that has access to the outside. And my dad said, well, that's, you know, well, do you know what's going to happen? You know, when she's a teenager, (laughs) she's got egress, you know, that's, you can get out. I was like, I I realized the door is there, dad. Yeah. And and I said, but she doesn't need to sneak out because she just tells me where she's going. Mm -hmm. He's like, she does. I'm like, yeah. Well, Well, one day she'll just sneak out with boys. I'm like, no, she'll have the boys over. Or she'll she'll go with them and I'll know because she there's no hiding. There's no... She's not afraid of you. That's right. And so I can say like doing it this way feels so good when they're this age. You feel like I really did it. If you think about it long term, I know people have two-year-olds and five-year-olds and whatever, but it's like whatever you're doing today is setting the stage for 10 years from now. So what do you want the relationship to feel like in 10 years to be like? Because you have to cultivate that. You can't all of a sudden at 14 say, well, I'll never, I won't get mad at you. You can tell me anything after you've punished or spanked or ridiculed or yelled after you've done all that. They're not going to trust that. There is no way. So this is the groundwork for when they're teenagers. Yeah, you have to prove it to them. And it's like when we recorded the lying episode, I was like, I don't, I'm confused because my kids don't lie. So I don't really know how to talk about this. You know, like if they do something wrong or wrong, they will tell me. Yeah. And is it wrong? Right. Like you said, wrong. Wrong. It's a weird word. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Everything is just a behavior and we just manage it as it comes. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's the way we should be with the spanking. Like the behaviors are going to come. You don't have to hit them. You really don't. You can just sit through the behavior. If there's a bad behavior, or gosh, I keep using these words. I'm like in childhood mode. (laughs) Off track. Off track behavior. You can either set the limit. You can play through it. Whatever you need to do. Make a tantrum come through and sit through the tantrum. But you don't have to resort to the hitting of your child. No, you don't. And I get why you do, but you just don't. And I'd say if you really want to change that, please seek us out, get in our private Facebook, start listening to the podcast, start reading my blog, download all the free guides, hire me as the coach, like whatever you need to do. If you are, you want to do it, you should, because it's worth it. You'll save, you'll save you the relationship you share with your kids. Okay, Gemma, anything else? I don't think so. I just hope it comes off as us being open and we want to discuss it and we want to present other ways. And we have 50 something podcasts with other ways to manage stuff. So yeah, we're a safe space to talk to about it. And we've both done stuff that we're regretful of, right? I have. Yeah, I mean, I did. I spanked Esme one time before I started this method. I got so frustrated she wouldn't put her clothes on because she had tactile defensiveness disorder, which is mm-hmm. like where your clothes are attacking your body. And I did. I spanked her. And I was like that. I mean, I was just so devastated with myself and where we had gotten and it was no good but I've done it too so you're not alone yeah and I was frustrated and angry and that's right when I did it and that's telltale like not the right thing to do right (laughs) I've been there okay well we're here if anyone needs us yes then thank you for listening and find us um, all over social media and we will see you next time yep thanks guys
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.